you mentioned investors um, and the new powers investors have got and shareholders have. How are they enjoying their new powers? What are, what, how are they using them? Well, there's a couple things on that, Carol. I think, um, first of all, investors have always had the ability to voice an opinion on executive pay. And in the U.S. market, the way things work, they've had it in two ways. Mm-hmm. Um, one is, periodically, most U.S. companies go back to shareholders for new, they, to, to request new yeah. shares for equity plans. Um, those have to be approved by shareholders. They have to be granted under a shareholder-approved plan. So every three or four years, they've had that opportunity to vote on a binding basis on whether mm-hmm. or not to approve the new equity yeah. incentive plan. The second thing is they've always had the power to withhold votes from compensation committee members, and that was the way that many shareholders exercised their point of view on executive comp in the past. But say on pay, which was not necessarily you know, demanded by shareholders. In fact, for many years we had proposals for mm-hmm. say on pay votes that didn't pass. But now that it's there, I think what we've seen is shareholders have used it to accelerate the pace of change on issues that they feel are important related mm-hmm. to executive pay. A couple of those things. One is, um, again, going back to our change in control compensation. There's some particular provisions around amounts payable to executives on a change in control that um, investors have voiced an opinion on, something we call tax gross-ups. We saw some real examples last year of companies pulling back on tax Mm gross-ups where they probably would have waited until they put a new equity plan in place, for instance, to do that. Um, The other one is performance conditions. That's been an issue where the U.S. practice has lagged the U.K. in terms of performance conditions on equity grants. And we saw, again, companies actually changing existing awards to put performance conditions on them in order to get a better say on Mm -hmm. pay vote. Um, Having said all that, we had what we consider to be a pretty good pass rate on say on pay. Um, Over 98% of companies got a Mm -hmm. positive say on pay vote, but that did mean that over 40 companies actually didn't Didn't, pass. And my understanding is in the UK, you've had this in place for probably eight or nine years. You probably haven't had 40 companies over that period of time. Nowhere near that at all. So it does seem, but then I suppose it's been in place for a lot of, a number of years, but the executive compensation has probably not been top of the agenda for all Mm -hmm. of those years. Mm -hmm. Um, And as you probably know, that we're having or potentially going to have a change in say on pay in that we're going to have a a retrospective vote and a prospective vote. But uh, it's it's all under discussion now too. So that will be very interesting. Yeah. And we're very anxious to see what happens in year two because, um, you know, I think a lot of investors and importantly some of the investor advisors that work with them Mm -hmm. really use the first year to kind of take the pulse Mm -hmm. and try and understand where things were. In terms of how they evaluate the proposals going Mm -hmm. forward, that will be interesting. And secondly, U.S. companies are required to put into their proxy statement how their compensation committees, our version of your REMCOs, Mm -hmm. um, actually responded to the say on Mm -hmm. pay vote and whether or not it impacted any decisions they took in the most recent year.